0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Still having a look, it's slightly favours The right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Princepada oh! tries
0: it, don't know. Long we over. Oh, what a goal! What a oh! goal!
1: Fletcher. <laughs> it's Lucious McCullum. Saved it in. Barry Ferguson. Oh! Don't lose again.
0: Oh! Welcome to the Hamden Roar with me, Andy Barge. There's a slight change of pace on this week's show as we learn what it was like to spend the majority of a career on the fringes of the international setup. I sat down for a chat with former Hibs and Rangers defender Ian Murray. I'm sitting with former Scotland player and current Airdrie manager Ian Murray, capped six times for his country. Glad to have you with me, Ian. You're looking forward to a you jog down memory lane? Yes, I am. Yeah, Good afternoon. Been a while since you retired from the game now, but Six caps for your country—something to look back on with pride.
1: Yeah, um, of course, enjoyed every minute. Obviously, came through the sort of um, youth, if you like, school boys in, into the twenty ones,
0: and then at the full team. When you were grown up playing football, was it a realistic ambition for you to, to play for Scotland? Was that something you looked forward to? Um, b- bizarrely
1: enough, and I don't mean it in a big way, it probably was because I think every kid dreams of playing football number one um, for whoever it is number two playing for your country if you can get to that level so I'd always kind of believed that I would I never had any thoughts or doubts that I would play football I wasn't one of these kids that was ever told they, were, they weren't were good enough um, also I was never told I was good enough it was just I just, I didn't suffer too many bumps in the way um, which is quite unusual
0: What was your route then um, through the youth stages of playing for Scotland and were you with Hibs at that point or another youth team?
1: I was, with, I was actually I was starting as was a kid I was with Hutchie Vale in Edinburgh and then I went to Dungeon United actually uh, under 15s and it was a new sort of initiative league set up so I moved there um, for two years and then I was played for Scotland Schoolboys at the time, 15s and um, Victory Shield and then I went to 16s. And the dates kind of changed so I got another year at 16s so mm-hmm. I had three years at schoolboy level and then um, I went full time with Hibs, um, Dungeon United offered offered my contract but I, you know, Hibs came calling and that was that. Um, yeah, easy so probably, Yeah, quite easy decision. Um, so I went there and then, you know, eventually, I think my first 21s game, I was it must have been about 2000, I was called into a summer tournament over in, I think it was Northern Ireland.
0: OK, and you went on to captain the under-21s. You must have had a pretty successful time then with that squad.
1: Yeah, I had a great time. Uh, it seemed like I played the 21s forever, because <laughs> I think once you could start to qualify and... Um, Tournament or sort of qualification, then you could continue or something. Mm-hmm. So I played till I, was, I think about twenty three. So a few of us <laughs> were a wee bit older, but it was brilliant. I loved it. I Absolutely loved it. I had some brilliant trips with twenty ones. Um, brilliant perf- games performances. Some great wins. Some disappointments. Um, and I met some brilliant guys. So my twenty ones um, career was a huge highlight. Who were you close with back then in the early days? Well, I went to twenty ones quite young, so I didn't know that many people. I was I only played maybe about ten, fifteen games for Hibs at the time and I was thrown into the twenty ones with you know, guys like Scott Severn who were at hearts, Andy Kirk who were at hearts, they were all, you know, a wee bit older, played a lot more games than mm-hmm. me, Craig Easton, uh, you know, Stephen Thompson, all all these sort of guys. Um to learn off you know, that I was still young, you know, I'm still looking yeah. at them thinking they were older than me and played a lot more games than me. So it took me a while to establish myself. I remember playing um, might have been Wales in, in Northern Ireland and I knew I'd had quite a decent game because you know, you, know, you know if you played well or not yeah. and I remember coming back after, it was a summer um, and Alan McLeish said to me oh, I heard you were the best player and that gave me a spring of my stick straight away going into pre-season because I didn't even know, you know that anyway there was mm-hmm. watching the game from Hibs or might, I don't even know if it was from Hibs somebody had told them so that gave me a real shot in the arm going back in
0: You worked under Rainer Bonhoff with the 21s what was he like as a manager? Yeah, Rainer was brilliant. Um,
1: he had a good good group of players, but he was a great guy, a really great guy. Um, I enjoyed his training, <coughs> enjoyed his mentality as well, quite like the German mentality, and he had that in abundance. Um, and I actually went over to see him a couple of years ago, Moussin um, Gladbach, and he hadn't changed a bit. Um, but it, he was brilliant, I enjoyed it a lot, um, and you know, we're quite very unfortunate that's, that you're not to, or that qualification time not to qualify for the... Um, I think it was the the Euros maybe. Croatia tie. Yeah, Yeah. Croatia beat us. We we went to Germany and beat Germany 1 0. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're backs against all stuff, but it was a great performance and we drew with Germany at home 2 2. So we knew we were a decent side and then we got drawn against Croatia and we'd actually won the group. Um, But (laughs) typical Scottish um, (laughs) history is the lowest points total that won the group went into playoffs. And that was us. so we got Croatia And we played them The same day Scotland played Holland at Hamden In the, pl- in the qualification I think it was 1-0 one, I mean, yeah. one nil Scotland um, So we had quite a lot Of good players That could have played for us But they were away With the first team um, And we got beat 2-0 And it was honestly The biggest doing Of 2-0 you'll ever right. see We hardly touched the ball I think Modric And Kranchar were playing And they just tore us apart <laughs> So we got out there at 2-0 we're quite happy And then Cranchar and Modric Go with the f- Croatia first team right. For their second leg So we played them At uh, Croatia Easter Road with uh, a big crowd at the game, and we absolutely battered them. We won one 0 and we'd missed <laughs> chance after chance after chance. Um, and you know, I think I think Germany, who were in our group, they got through their playoff, ah. and I think they got to the semis maybe or something. Like that. Right, so okay. we you know we were decent, but we just failed at the last hurdle.
0: When you're all together in the 21s like that, and various people maybe such as McFadden or other youngsters getting called up to the first team, is there ever a bit of resentment in those that aren't? Nah, I don't think so i didn't I don't recall there being in resentment.
1: you always wish it's you, but you don't wish um you are not like you know hoping the guy does bad or you use it as a incentive as well you hope he does well because if he does well then it shows you that, that there's guys in the team that can do it, and the manager might look down to you to go up next time so um not at all uh, it was it was great with a good as i say with, it was that kind of era where it was a mixed bunch you know there was a bit of coming and going between the first team and the twenty ones. Where were you being deployed at that point for Scotland? Number twenty-one. I I think I was... Some games I was midfield, some games I was centre-half, left-back. I think I was mainly centre-midfield because I remember going back to centre-half in the second leg against Croatia and I hadn't played there for maybe a year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was kind of getting my head around that and adjusted to it. So I'm pretty sure it was either left-back or um, centre-mid.
0: So you you weren't really the number one left-back for the automatic pick. You had nobody in the first team to try and dislodge them and them alone
1: yeah not really um, you know it's it was again it's probably a bizarre situation for an international you know, to be captain of the 21s without having a proper position mm-hmm. which is um, quite funny when you look back on it uh, but I always played you know I always played somewhere um, for whatever reason mm-hmm. that was I'm not sure um, but then obviously I went into the, the
0: first team eventually um, against Canada I think Let's talk about your debut then, it was Moldova, is that right?
1: No, it was Canada. Canada. It was Sorry, Canada, Canada, yeah, it was Canada, Canada. Um,
0: at Easter Road. Yeah, it was, it was
1: at Easter Road and I went into the squad quite late because I'd been with the 21s, I can't remember where we'd been, I um, can't remember at all where we'd been. Anyway, I was coming back on the plane, shooting it with the first team because that's what we used to do, play used play a day before the first team, watch your first team mm-hmm. travel back and then the manager Bertie Vokes just told me on the plane, you come coming with us, so it was straight into the first team. Um, Fantastic for me, of course, to get one cap, never mind six, and it'd be at Easter Road as well against, you know, Canada and Paul Fenwick, who was my teammate Hibbs was playing as well, which again just little things that I had to.
0: Is that something you expected to be included?
1: Um I knew I was doing well. I was doing well for Hibbs first and foremost and I was doing well for the twenty ones. But you can never count on being included in a squad. Um had a I'd been in better form maybe six months before it. Four or five yeah, it, so yeah, four, yeah, six months before it, um, roughly. And um, I'd been in better form after it But I was still at a decent level And I, when I looked at some guys Maybe getting called And I
0: thought my chance Might be around the corner You must have been Maybe 20 at that point Roughly Yeah about that yeah. Are there people in the squad Players that Are a special influence On the youngsters at that point The ones that maybe Take them under their wing Show them the ropes Get them bedded in
1: yeah, I think when you go into any, any changing room, you always look towards uh, the more influential guys, or the older guys who've maybe got 40, 50, 60 caps. It's the same at club level. You go into uh, any when you've got guys who played two, three games for the club mm-hmm. and they're instantly the ones you recognise and the ones you, you know, you've never met before, but you, you see how big they are and how strong they are and you try to get to that level, especially when you're younger. You know, um, you're always looking to try to you know, emulate these guys.
0: What was your first impression of, of Bertie Vokes as a man and a coach?
1: I liked him. I mean, as I said, I like the German mentality. I like the German German culture of how they go about their football. Um, I thought Bertie had a really tough time. You know, it was came into a really difficult era of Scottish football as well. People forget. Um, I know, yeah, I think you all look back and you would say, I admit you'll make mistakes, but who doesn't? Um, but as a guy, I thought he was superb, brilliant. His training was great. Um, Talked to you like a an adult, like a man, like a human being, which is all you can ask. Um, so I was obviously sorry to see it to work out for him.
0: What do you remember about your debut against Canada? Did you come off the bench? Came off
1: the bench, yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes to go. Um, I mean, c- completely different from a Hibs, Hibs game because you're in different surroundings, different crowd, different teammates. You're more nervous than you would be. Um, but I remember enjoying it. I think we won 3 mm-hmm. 1, which is obviously, all, you know, we want to win the game. I can't remember who scored, fair right enough, um, at all. But. I think Thompson might have scored. Did Thompson scored. I, I can't so. remember. I can't remember, but it was, no, it was it was Crawford, great. Maybe? Stevie Crawford, of course. Um, um, so it was great to get my debut. It was great to win.
0: When you're coming off the bench like that at your your home stadium, making your debut for your country, what crosses your mind as you step onto the park? Does it? Re- do you realise what what you're achieving at that point?
1: I think you do for a brief minute or two, brief seconds, then it's out of your head because you're into the game. But I think you're taking immense, you're immensely proud, and your family are there. Um, you know, for that for that one minute in time, and I've said it to many people, for that one minute in time, it doesn't matter what anybody else's opinion is. For that moment, the national manager thought you were the best player for that moment. Mm-hmm. That's that's the bottom line, and it, people can argue to they're blue in the face that you weren't, but <laughs> the fact is there that that guy thought you were, um, or or you were the guy he thought was the best available at that time. Um, so that's you know, you take immense, you know, very proud of of your achievements, um, but in terms of actually getting into the game you're just dying to get your first touch and make sure it's a good one
0: what do you remember about being on the park did you have any influential moments
1: no I don't think so I was quite content just to get through it um, but some guys are and some guys aren't some yeah. guys want to have a huge influence on the game of course we'd all like to score and set up goals and stuff like that but I think you're just trying to make sure you don't let your teammates down you don't be the guy who causes the problems um, especially as a youngster um, but, the, but the players made me feel most welcome and you know if, if you're going to make your debut for your national
0: team there's no better place to do it in your home surroundings It could have been more difficult in terms of opposition as well It's not a bad of one course. just to kind of bed yourself into
1: Absolutely, uh, friendly as well mm-hmm. um, you, know, you could be in Germany or whatever You could be you know, one of these, these nations uh, in a high pressure match mm-hmm. and that takes a totally different mentality and a totally different set of situation um, and pressure on, on everybody, not just yourself um, and perhaps the managers you know,
0: wouldn't put such a young player on or go with more experience Did you hope or expect that that would kickstart an extended stay in the Scotland first team?
1: I did to a certain extent but my, my main concern was always club football it was always that it, was, it the international was always just like an nicer on the cake for me mm-hmm. um, I needed to make sure I went back to Hibs and performed to a good level um, and I knew, I knew at that point I'm still a 21s player because I knew we had some big games coming up and I was quite happy with that because I enjoyed playing with 21s um, but ultimately, um, of course you hope it's going to kick start your international career But you have to keep it going at club level or the international stuff will not happen
0: Well that cap was in October 2002 You had to wait exactly two years for your next one against Moldova Was that a frustrating time? Um, I, I think I took an injury actually I think I was out for
1: about seven or eight months And then I went. I got pulled into the Hibs I think Mowbray was a gaffer I got pulled in Somebody got injured on Friday And I wasn't due to playing on Saturday In Inverness were playing at at the time <laughs> Uh, I went in at centre half done okay. One I think we won one nil or something. Um done all right. And then next again week I think we're back up a bit already playing Aberdeen. And I had a decent game, I had a good game actually. Um and I knew you know, you know when you're playing well. And Bertie was at the game and then I got the call up the week the week later and he said I was at the Aberdeen game for a good deal. So I got it quite quickly after injury, but yeah, in the meantime I'm not quite sure what happened if I'd been with the twenty ones and then picked up the injury or I just wasn't selected. Um, but I do remember being called up quite early after a, a de- like a long
0: layoff. Did it feel more special to be included in a in the squad for a competitive game?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it does, and um, and it kind of you know shows you maybe in a pool of players that the manager's watching. You're not just a you know a one game wonder type thing. You, you, you've probably got a list of about fifty, sixty, maybe, and, and he whittles that down. So to be included. Um, Again was fantastic and you get that letter through the door telling you included. Maybe it's changed now, but at the time it was a letter through the door and quite got, formal. Uh, yeah, quite formal, but you knew the, the letter and yeah. It was the same for the twenty ones you always got a letter. Um so it was all and you got the squad and you seen the whole squad just maybe a day before everyone else or something like that. But that
0: was quite a poor result against Moldova. You replaced Gary Naismith, I believe. That's right, yeah. That yeah. Was that quite a tough or bitter pill to swallow?
1: Um didn't, we didn't we not play well, I didn't play particularly well myself. We, well, I know, like we touched on in another interview earlier, the fans just want to win. Um, Bertie was under a lot of pressure at the time. He, um, he needed a win, really. Um, but I think, I remember going back to the airport that night and the abuse he had got was, was was totally wrong. It was horrible, actually. Really negative feeling. And, there was, and fans will say they're entitled to it, they're not. It's a negative vibe. The, the guys had tried their best, the manager had tried their best. It wasn't like we'd went out and deliberately drew Moldova. Um, so I was really disappointed that night in, in in the Scotland fans If I'm being truthful honest At, at the airport Not in the game Because you're entitled to your opinion at the game um, But
0: not not in public like that well, Volt cited that in his resignation He said that the abuse from the fans And at times victimisation from the media Was a part of his decision You completely understand it?
1: Absolutely He's come from Germany He's been very successful Did he need that sort of abuse And that sort of treatment? No nah. Would I have walked away from that at the time? Being his age and his experience, I'm not. I don't know. But he's, did he need a job? I don't know. But did he need the hassle? Absolutely not. He had, he he come and try to do his best job for for the nation, and for him to be treated like that and, and manage your sense a little bit. I think it's totally wrong.
0: Can you paint a picture what it was like at the airport? Were they approaching him, or is it from a distance?
1: Yeah, they were. They were approaching him. They're um, making themselves very vocal, and it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, it, was, it was quite personal stuff and I think being from Germany as well probably didn't help him very much um, he's a strong man of course he's got thick skin but I just I, st- I still think and you know, you know, I'm very sure now that people overstepped the mark
0: It was his last game in charge with that abuse and what you witnessed at the airport, did it feel like his time in charge had just run its course?
1: Yeah, when you look back now, that, that was probably the breaking point for everybody um, <clears throat> there is that moment when you just think yep, that's it and it happens at every level, club level, international level. Um, I'm not so sure it would happen now, though. I don't think that sort of abuse would happen because I think people would be told that's unacceptable at the time. It was still kind, of, you know, that still happened
0: basically. But I think that was probably the breaking point. Yeah. When the players see that happening to their manager, how do they feel? Is there an element of guilt about it because they're the ones that have performed on the park? Yeah, I think so. I think there's an element
1: of guilt, but there's also an element of realism. We kind of knew as well. You know, we, players aren't stupid, they'll talk, the manager's under pressure, because you've got to remember the presidents there, the the, the, the board of the SA they see it, you know, they're not stupid, they're, they they can see people struggling. Um, so it was difficult for everybody, a difficult time for us all.
0: What's it like when there's uncertainty in the national team from a managerial point of view? Because Tommy Burns came in and took charge uh, as a caretaker, is everybody just trying to prove their point?
1: Yeah, I think everybody still wants to play. Everybody wants to impress because you don't know who's watching and who's going to be the next manager. It might have been Tommy for all we knew at the time. So we wanted to try and win the game first and foremost for him and ourselves. Players are different. We've got the chance. We got the release of going back to our clubs. You know, our, our bread and butters, club football, national managers. That's our job. That's you know, they're they're under scrutiny all the time, and I think it's a really tough one. You know, I see it time and time again. Every international game is like a cup final. The build up. Um, the way you have to train because you can't, you can't do training the same as a, a club as you do in international. So, international managers maybe get ten cup finals a, a year, maybe less, maybe eight eight a season. If you win four of them, you're doing all right in a, in a domestic kind of sense. But if you win four at international, you're kind of under pressure. So it's a really tough job.
0: How different then is the training at international level? Because, like you said, there's not as much time to focus on. Maybe tactics or such. Is it more about man management and getting the players up for it?
1: Yeah, I probably probably say it is. And it's a different circumstance because you're living together for a week. You're e- eating together. You're rooming together. Mm-hmm. So you're in a totally different. Your schedule becomes training or breakfast, training, lunch, training, dinner, um, massage or video game, whatever you want to do. And then it's repeat, 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 repeat. There's no uh, switch off time really. Um, so it's completely different. So it's a tough, as I say, tough job for the manager and, and the staff as well.
0: Even the friendlies that you took part in for Scotland, did they have a very intense build-up from the media and the fans?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think every international has. You've seen it with this uh, league that's going on, um, and you, even Alex's recent friendlies. He's a really good size. He's been getting you know bars from pillar to post. Um, you know, it's it's and he's you know he's managed to get Scotland top of the the, the yeah. league, and it's still not good enough for some people. So. Um, the failings are important now, and um, that's what I'm saying about the, you know the cup finals. That's that's the feeling they've got to them. I um, mean, every time you see a dodger result, you're kind of grimacing because you're thinking, oh goodness, someone else is now under pressure.
0: That Sweden game that Tommy Burns took charge for really didn't work out for him. It was a four-one defeat.
1: Well, I think that was Easter as well. Believe it was. Or not. That, that, that was Easter. And Sweden were decent. Sweden were decent. They, they, they beat us easily. Um, they were a good side, and um, you know it was a it was a tough one for Tommy. Um, as well, because he's coming, and he's you know we don't know how long he's at the job. He might have been told he had two or three. He might have been told this was his only game. But we all went out with the same the same attitude. We all went out with um, you know wanting to win the match first
0: and foremost. But simply Sweden were just too good for us. This was your first start? What was it like being told you were in the starting lineup?
1: Again, you're delighted, you know, because again for that moment in time, as I said, that guy thinks you're the best player that he's got available for that position. Um And I didn't have a good game. Uh found it difficult. Um, as did most of us, I think, reflecting with, with, like, on the scoreline. But um, I start. I remember sticking up my task. I remember thinking, I'm not, you know, I'm not having a great one here. But I'm um, giving everything, and I would, you know, done that in every game that I can remember. bitterly disappointed um, with with the scoreline and the performance. But you know, as like I say, you learn from your mistakes. It's a learning curve, and it showed you the level you got to get to. You know, Sweden weren't a brilliant
0: national team in the world stage at that time, but they were better than us. They had Ibrahimović, Henrik Larsson, jungberg yeah. The three of them didn't play. Is it yeah. disappointing sometimes not to get to test yourself against players of that stature?
1: Um, so yeah, it probably is. You want to play against the best all the time. You want to play against the best players and you want to do well. And, um, you know, that's why you play. You know, to test yourself. Any job, you want to test yourself to the max. But, you know, you've got to also appreciate there is some great players that people don't talk about. Uh, some brilliant guys out
0: there who um, are good, good footballers. Mm-hmm. At that period of transition for Scotland and maybe the end of Bertie Vogt's tenure, were Scotland easy to play against? I think our confidence was really low as a nation. Uh, I think the fans were expecting to defeat.
1: Our players, you know, weren't, we, weren't, we, weren't, we weren't performing to a level to get anybody excited about. And there was a lot of uncertainty about the manager. Um, qualification campaigns were poor. So the whole... The whole aura around us wasn't great, and I mean it does rub off when players and fans alike. You know, players lose their confidence. They go out thinking, you know, here we go again. Here we're going to get slaughtered. We're going to get dogs abuse What's the point? Because I can go back to my club and I can. You had guys playing fantastically well for their club and then come playing for Scotland and kick a ball, and you know, I was including that.
0: Well, the players, some that came to mind when I was doing my research were Quazi, Stephen Hughes, Nicholson. When they're really heavily involved in the Scotland lineup. Can you understand why the fans are worried maybe about the level that they're playing their trade at and then going forward how Scotland can be competitive against the bigger nations?
1: Yeah, again I think it was just epitomised where we were at the time uh, as as a country. We just had kind of fallen away a little bit. Um, And then of course with that comes the criticism of players, of the the board, of the the association if you like, what they are doing to improve football and... Then, you, then you've always got emerging nations, and you still hear it. You hear people saying, "What well, about Iceland? What well, about Wales? Well, we were Iceland twenty years ago. We were Wales twenty years ago. They weren't doing great, um, and Wales have struggled since. And then Iceland are struggling again. It's it, it goes in cycles. Scotland are, look like to me they're coming back. Um, England's coming back. You know all all the Croatia's coming. People say, "Oh, Croatia. Yeah, but we were Croatia as well. They've you know they've not they've exactly done brilliant. They've done well at times, same as Scotland, same mm-hmm. as England, but they've not got to
0: quite the top level. So I'm sure Scotland will come back again. Um, I've got no doubt about that. You moved to Rangers shortly after that, and did you feel that, that would be a move that would in turn enhance your credentials for a spot in the international team?
1: I think so. but you're playing at bigger club. You're playing against. You're playing Europe. you playing League, Champions League. You know you're you're on television more. You're more people watching you, so of course it's going to come um, a bit more spotlight and stuff like. That. You're playing, with, no disrespect to Hibs, you're playing with better players as well. You're training with better players every day, so you have to get better. Because if you don't get better, you get left behind. So um, that that move for me was, um, I wouldn't say a no-brainer because I loved my time at Hibs and it took me a long time to decide what to do. Um, and I'll, but look, I'll tell you how I actually decided. I remember phoning up one of my friends, big big Hibs supporter. Um, but not, you know, he's got his head screwed on. He's, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's just not like waving. He's, he's he's in the background, and I remember phoning him up saying like I, I don't know what to do here. And these uh, words were, "Don't be so stupid." And I know that I sealed it for me. Right, he was okay. a good friend of mine, and he was a big, big, I was, I was guy. And I said, "That's ah, yeah, you're right. What am I even thinking?" And that's what I needed just that push over the line, yep. um, and then I was delighted
0: Well, Walter Smith, uh, in between that, was appointed as the Scotland manager. Was he a popular choice among the players?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think he was a good choice as well. He stayed the ship to a certain extent. Um, and it was good to work under him. And of course, a inf- hugely influential figure in Scottish football. He'd done great with Rangers. Being down south. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it was a no-brainer, to be, be truthfully honest. I think if he wanted the job at the time, it was
0: his. What were the trio of him, McCoyston, Burns like to be around? They
1: were brilliant. They were brilliant. Um, all three of them. Um, Tommy and Ali were, were great with Walter. Completely different characters to Walter. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, no mugs, you know. Tommy was brilliant tactically. Um, and a brilliant man management absolutely superb what, what a lovely man um, lovely demeanour um, and aura about him and same as Ali Ali was the same Ali um, you know the, these guys Tommy and Ali who've got that lovely knack of not actually never saying a bad word about someone um, not that they walk about saying everybody's lovely but they just don't say bad words about people and I think that's a brilliant trait to have there, there's no bitterness um, so yeah and, and Walter was obviously as I said before what leaves you no doubt what he wants and um, it can be ruthless at times But that's what makes him a good manager
0: Is he the kind of manager that when he walks into a changing room Everybody stops and pays attention Oh absolutely, there's no messing about
1: um, Because um, he will let you know <laughs> Shall we say um, But yeah, brilliant, Set standards um, And his knowledge of football is second to none
0: Did you ever have any individual dealings with him Where he had to take you aside For better or worse? Yeah, m-
1: yeah many times um, I think I played against uh, Belarus Two months at half time I still, don't think it was probably justified. It was worse. I mean, I wasn't playing well. Get it. Mm-hmm. And then the next game, I was left out of the squad completely um, for the midweek game against Slovenia. I think, and he told me why. Uh, and I said, okay, I disagree with you on that, but accept it. Nothing I can do about it now. Um, but then I think he kind of probably respected my honesty as well. And
0: well, what did he say to
1: you? Uh, he just said I wasn't I hadn't played well enough. Um, Making a change. And I said, OK, that's that's your decision, of course it is um, And then I thought, OK, I'm maybe not going to be selected again Because these things happen. But then he selected me to go to Japan um, For the tournament, I think it was in the summer So, it, And that showed me a, a sign of respect for him as well I thought, well, you know, he
0: doesn't hold too many grudges I've actually gotten written down here to ask you about that The six games in a row that Smith didn't pick you for Were you mm. playing well for Rangers at the time?
1: I was doing OK, uh, I was doing all right Um but he was probably right in what he'd done. Maybe I needed to go back in a way and work harder to try and get back in. Um Was it between you and Naismith for that spot? Yeah, I think it probably was at the time. Um I can't honestly it's that long. <laughs> um but Gary was always in great form, uh, at Everton and he's been in the English Premier League, mm-hmm. you know, a at a good level. Um so um he was a good player, you know, it wasn't there was no there was nothing you know, that I didn't feel any remorse or um wish ill on anybody you know, Gary's a
0: great player the Belarus game, Scotland got beat 1-0 and I think that might have been one of the nails in the coffin for that qualifying campaign, yeah. what's the the response to that really how, how did the players recover from such a disappointing defeat?
1: Well again players straight after the game, players don't always think they played that bad as a team, we think you know, games are won and lost in fine margins and I think it was maybe Cleb that scored he uh, was at Arsenal at the time I think and it would beat us 1-0 but we actually should have probably won the game but Realistically, if you're going to have any aspirations of qualifying, you have to beat Belarus at home. And then we, I think we went. The boys went to Slovenia on the Wednesday or Tuesday, won three mm-hmm. 0 So it showed you we could do it. It just, I think, again at that time, the, ham, the Hamden the thing was still hanging over us a little bit. We weren't, we weren't winning enough home games, and we weren't getting the, the the fans on our side, which you know you've got to try and do.
0: Was that just pressure from the stands that the players struggled to deal with?
1: I think so. International football is completely different to club football. Club football is more end to end, more mistakes, more chances. If you go one or down at home, the fans, you know. Try to help you a little bit, and you you know you're going to get a chance. International football sometimes you only get one chance, or two chances in the game, and if you don't take them, then you're
0: in trouble. How, when you're taken off then, and Smith explains why, you then back out in the dugout for the second half on the bench. How are you processing um, what you're I think, watching? I think
1: I went to I think I went in the stand to watch it. I think, um, I was a bit disappointed. Um, you know you don't think it's justified at the time. I still probably don't think it was, but that was his decision. I don't, you know, that's the way it
0: goes. Um, you would have still been fairly young at that point, maybe twenty. Yeah, I was 20, still 24. young.
1: Yeah, i been at I was at Rangers, so I must have been 24, twenty four, twenty five. Um, disappointed, but then again, I had the release of going back to my club, where you see friendly faces. You, you know, people say, "Oh, you know, I watched it, what was going on. You know, put your arm around you, help you." So you go back to being comforted again. Um, so and you have to go on with it because your club are playing Saturday or the Sunday, and you need to make sure you're ready for it.
0: And during the games that Smith didn't select you for between the Belarus match and the European Cup, are you just as much as a, a fan as, as everyone else, or are you not? Are you struggling to focus on that because you're disappointed at missing out?
1: No, I think you're still a fan because you're looking at guys that you know well, that you've played with, that you've been part of a group. It's your country as well. Um, and you want them to do well, so I don't think there's I don't think there's any of or any any remorse um, or oh, wishing on anybody like that, or or the manager or the you know, football is just a game of decisions. People don't have, don't have the same opinion, uh, you know. It'd be the easiest game in the world if everybody did. So you have to re, you
0: know, respect there, and I think I can respect them. more now being a manager, um, you know, the thinking behind it all. Let's discuss the King Cup then. Happier times. What was it like to win a trophy with Scotland? Was it quite strange? It was,
1: it's funny. I still joke about it to people now just to wind them up. They say, <laughs> "Oh,
0: very good." that so "Well." won the cup
1: <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that just annoys me even more. <laughs> but um, it was brilliant Japan was a um, it was a great experience I mean I'd never had any thoughts of going to Japan in my life and I get a great opportunity to go and see somewhere else and we played in some brilliant stadiums because of the, the World Cup that, yeah. was, that was going on um, I think we beat Hungary was it Bulgaria Bulgaria, Bulgaria 5, five boys yeah Berkey yeah and they were teammates of mine at the time yeah. so it was great um, I think I'd set one of them up actually I you know, <laughs> probably should have scored myself but, um, and then I came on at half time against Japan um, and done it with Drew 0-0 which was a good result because Japan were going to the World Cup and they were they were decent and the crowd was full and mm-hmm. stuff like that but um, I remember the jet lag being horrific when we got there I remember everybody being struggling with that
0: How long um, were you over there
1: for? We oh, were quite a while, yeah. we were there a while it must have been 10-12 days um, I think we started in Osaka and then we took the bullet train up to uh, Tokyo. So to see these places where I never thought I would um, was a good one. I think Hearts won the Cup when
0: we were there. But at least I was away. It couldn't be any further away at the time.
1: So, uh, but it was a brilliant experience. I loved it every minute.
0: What was it like then, celebration wise? I've heard from a few players that there were quite enjoyable celebrations after the Cup win.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think we went into Tokyo um, at night and we were flying back the next day quite early everybody's knackered anyway honestly we're all knackered because of the travelling
0: yeah.
1: uh, people do really, like, takes a lot out. you know don't get me wrong we're flying first class and all this stuff which is brilliant and something you would never do but I remember going to bed I was sharing with David McNamee actually and I remember going to sleep I think it was the first night he was sitting watching DVD I went to sleep I woke up I looked over he's still watching DVD I woke up fresh as a daisy feeling amazing mm-hmm. I've, looked, I've been sleeping 10 minutes <laughs> and, and then so I've, I couldn't sleep again so I've gone out and everybody's walking about playing games or on the internet nobody can sleep so we're, and then we've got training so everybody was tired um, but you just had to get
0: through Was it quite a strong squad that went over there?
1: Well we were missing the Hearts boys because they were in the cup final so you know I don't think Craig Gordon was there and Paul Hartley um, but I think yeah it, was a, yeah it was a decent squad I've seen a picture of it not that long ago uh, you had, obviously you had you know, Barry Ferguson David Weir uh, Burke, Faddy Boyd, you know, really that, uh, I think maybe Gary was there, Gary Caldwell as well. I think it was a a decent, decent squad. Yeah, it was, it was good.
0: Did you expect Scotland to kick on from that Maybe a shot in the arm? Uh, it's, it's always tough
1: to, you know, to compare because uh, Bulgaria weren't brilliant at the time. Japan had the World Cup coming up, so. You know, we don't know how much they were experimenting to a certain extent. Um, but of course, if you go over there and do, you know, beat someone by five and then keep a clean sheet against a nation away from home, you've got to think
0: we're on the right track. Um, you know, but obviously didn't do as well as we wanted. Twelve days, you're saying roughly ten, twelve days over there. Only two games. That's although there was a trophy at stake, it wasn't really competitive, proper competitive football. How do you fill the time?
1: Oh, you're still training as, as best you can. You still have to train. Um, you know, Walter won't let you. We don't. Walter doesn't do that. We don't have days off or downtime when you're when you're in interna- international squad. You're still playing for your country. You're still playing for your nation. Um, these games still matter to everybody. So, um, you know, we we just train as normal, once or twice a day, uh, depending on the schedule. And then we get ourselves, you know, do our match prep, analyse videos, meetings,
0: um, and then we go and play. When Walter Smith eventually went back to. Rangers during the the campaign that followed that, and Alex McLeish was appointed. Did you think, having worked with him previously, that would help your credentials? Um, yes and no because I mean the manager
1: can only pick the players he thinks, you know. And again, different. Um, you know, Alec was his for Rangers, and he might have thought I was the best player at that time for Rangers. Didn't necessarily mean he thought I was the best player for Scotland. He had different players at his disposal, and I think that's something you have to be brutally honest about. Um, you, know, you know It was funny Because obviously Alex Was my club manager mm-hmm. Not long before Paul. Well, uh, Walter came in After Paulie Gwen, And then Walter's was coming From being there So it was a bit of a funny yeah. Experience for me But um, You know Again Managers only pick What they think is the best There's never any To my knowledge never any malice In what they do They're doing it for What they think is best
0: At the time Did you expect Or hope to Go in and be capped more Because the Kitten Cup Was your last involvement With the national team
1: yeah, I did. Obviously, I think every player wants to be capped as much as they can, but it wasn't something I could, you know, it didn't really um, great at me at all. I was still very, I still had a long time playing my club career, I hoped. Mm-hmm. That was my, that was still my most important aspect of my life at that time. Um, but of course, I'd love to have added to it, um, but it's not something that even now I look back on and go, oh, God, I could have maybe got 20. Do um, I think I deserved a few more? Probably, but I think everybody will say that. Did you struggle with injuries at all? Um, no, I, when Walter coming to Rangers, I actually was doing really well. I was playing really well, actually. Um, and then I came back after that again In Great Walter's you know, man management he came in. season I wasn't really. Play- I was playing a little bits of balls but players can tell if they're kind, mm-hmm. kind of you know wanted to, if you like. And what I remember, Walter coming to me and saying, Norwich City want you. Um, do you want to go? And he said, he said, look. Um, I won't stand in your way. You've been great. Training don't cause many problems. You can go if you want, but you say if you want to stay, no problem at all. I like to play football. Um the only regret I say regret, the only thing I would change about the Norwich, I would take my time a bit more. I kind of pushed about your decision. Yeah, I kinda of pushed it through a little bit. Kinda of went, Oh, what's the point of being here? I'm gonna to go to Norwich. I should have just waited. Um and seen what happened maybe. But that's hindsight and that's a wonderful thing. But um, you know, I, again I mean I, Bumped into the water many times, and he, he had a scene ticket to Barton, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and it's and it's great, and I've learned. And he was on the pro license doing stuff, and to listen to him is brilliant, and to hear his stuff is amazing. Um, and he goes into detail, so we've got a decent relationship.
0: Did he ever speak to you? Or did McLeish or eventually they ever speak to you about why they weren't selecting you?
1: No, um, I was in Alex's f- training. I think it was in Alex's training squad. I think he had some sort of gathering but um, I think it was Turnberry we went to and I wasn't involved after that for what reason I don't know again, n- not question it because it was his decision I wasn't playing that well, I was doing alright at the time Um wasn't great um, in, in some of the games that he probably watched and then when I went down to Norwich uh, I didn't deserve to be a score at all I wasn't playing, I wasn't. I had a kind of wee niggle on my knee at the time it wouldn't go away, I was playing kind of, not half it but wasn't feeling great at the time um, and I wasn't feeling great about being in a, a Norwich Changer my Peter Grant was a gaffer He G- Jim Duffy was assistant and they left and we got Glenn Roder in who had his own ideas and I was very lucky at the time that Mix with Pat Lennon got the house job and wanted me to come back and I was dying to get back to be truthfully honest yeah you. I was just dying to get back um, I had a couple, of, a couple of decent options actually when I looked back <laughs> uh, for other places but my heart down was, south. Uh, one was down south one was in America yeah. um, I wasn't ready for America I still wanted to get home simple
0: as that your Wikipedia says that you kind of admitted defeat with your international career after Burley didn't select you at the end of a season game against Japan in '09. 9 Is there any truth in that?
1: Yeah, I was playing really well. I was playing really well for Hibs. Um, best I've played for years. But I understand why. I, I wasn't the future for the national team. Um, and I wasn't particularly bothered about it. I just had to... That was the moment I thought, OK, that's it, done. No, that's fine. That's, that's It comes to an end at some point and you have that acceptance... Once you accept it,
0: it's no problem. Even in your late twenties, you were ready to. to yeah,
1: do it. yeah, I was ready to do it because uh, I mean, maybe I wasn't his cup of tea. Maybe he wanted had better players in his mind at disposal. But in my in my opinion, at that time, my form um, was night and day from what it was um, a year before when I knew I didn't deserve to be in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, for Hibbs, I was playing very well.
0: Did you formally retire from international football? or just No, I'm that still, I'm still not... available <laughs> if they want me.
1: Um, nah, nah, that's not, not really for me, that sort of stuff. I think uh, you know maybe if you've got a few caps, like 50, 60, you can formally come out and retire. But <laughs> it has actually cost me a couple of times just to just to wind people up. Maybe I should retire. Um, but I'll leave it a few years yet.
0: Was it frustrating then, being in good form at Hibs and not being able to take that into the international team?
1: Nah, not really. Um, I was... I had a lot to prove at Hibs remember I had to go back there and try and win the crowd over again because I'd been to Rangers who you know if anybody knows you go to Hibs to Rangers then Jesus they want to hang you Um, so I had a lot of people who went over Um, not everybody but a lot and it took took, it took a few games Um, but I was quite lucky I went in and and I loved playing under Mixer and I loved Mixer as a guy and I was his type of player, for example, he was aggressive, he wanted people to tackle, he wanted people to kick, and he wanted people to run through walls from and that was his mentality and I loved that as well, so we got on great um, and he knew my limitations as a player, I knew my limitations as a player and he never asked me to do anything I couldn't do, um, so slowly but surely we, I won the crowd over, um, so that was my biggest thing to do in that period of time and anything
0: else that came with it then, so be it. Overall then, how do you reflect on your appearances for Scotland?
1: A mixed bag. Um, immensely proud of, of what I've achieved for Scotland. Like every player would have liked to have appeared in a major tournament, yep, but there's not been any over the last 30-odd years that have. Um, so we all, everybody harpers um, ambitions uh, of being involved in these sort of things. So um, I look back with immense, immensely proud of my achievements, but I could have performed better, there's no question about that.
0: We'll finish with a few fire questions then. Who was your toughest opponent in an international oh, show? Sure individual wise
1: God I think it actually I think it was Karlstrom that played right wing for Sweden mm-hmm. and he gave me a hell of a time <laughs> it was horrible um, he was just too quick he would have been
0: playing in Champions League etc yeah he was good at the time uh, uh, yeah. he
1: was very good so he, he gave me a particularly tough, tough night
0: what about the, the team would that Sweden team be up there as well
1: yeah yeah, probably were the teams I played against Japan were decent to be fair to them as as well Um but to be fair that night, Moldova was tough, and the Moldova gave us a right tough game, you know, and... Like quitting an in your faces? Team. Yeah, it was. they were they were quite quick, you know, on, on the attack, and long balls over the top causes a lot of problems.
0: What about the managers then, Volts and Smith, who is the better to work under?
1: Uh, I say Walter because, of, you know, it's Walter Smith, he, you know, his achievements are there for himself, but Bertie, you know, I, I think I'm right in saying Bertie was involved in the World Cup, winning with Germany, mm-hmm. Um West German thing was at the time. So he's obviously God, you know, you're working under the World Cup winner. You know, he's obviously very, very smart. Um, but I worked underwater for a lot
0: lot longer time. What about your regrets then? Any one particular regret from any appearances you had for Scotland? Um no nah, not really. I don't really
1: I don't really like live like that. I don't live with regrets. If things look back on could you have done better? Yeah, of course you could have, but the decisions you make at that time are the ones you think are correct. So I just wish we, you know, had, had more caps, maybe, and, and won more games. And of your time
0: spent with the national team, what's the moment you'll never forget? Um, do you know what? The, the, I'll
1: be honest with you. The, the, my memories are probably more of the twenty ones before victories, and some of the some of the wins we we had were just incredible um, at times. Um, so so these are probably my happiest international memories. Um, but I think you know, if you're going to look for one from the, from the, the full-time, it has to be your debut. Because at that moment in time, you don't know if it's one cap, 100 caps. You don't know. It, you know you could go on that pitch and that could be your, your last game of football ever. You have to take each game as it comes. So that was definitely,
0: it, as, a, as an international player, my proudest moment. With the 21s, would the Germany result be the biggest one? The Germany result impressive?
1: was the most enjoyable game I played in because I loved working hard and I loved being fit and tackling people. I remember tackling a guy in the first minute I knew I knew straight away, I tackled him, it was a good tackle, and I thought, yes, we're on it tonight. I knew straight away. Um, and he, I remember looking at him, and he was looking at me as if to say, my goodness, what's going on? And I thought, yeah. And I remember running past Germans defending. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember actually Alec McLeish saying to me, he was at Rangers, I was, I was at the time, he was at Rangers. And he said, Jesus, you're running get past guys. And I said, I loved it, loved every minute of it. And I think that was him trying to t- say to me, just keep improving, you know, we'll come, you know, and get you. But um, I don't know, I still don't know. But. Um, <laughs> I just love that whole qualifying campaign in the twenty ones.
0: Fantastic. Well Ian, thanks very much. That's been great run down memory lane. So thanks very much for coming on the show. Cheers, thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.